Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to worship you and to love you. And this morning, Lord, that's what we did. And we felt your presence as we praised you, lifted our hearts and our hands to you. And now, Lord, we pray that the word would go forth with power and assurance and love, with hope and expectation, that it would find seed in our hearts, that, God, it would grow, as it says in Psalm 1, that we would be that tree planted by the waters, that, God, our roots would go deep. Though the winds may blow, O God, against the palm tree, it might bend, but it doesn't get uprooted. And we are palm tree Christians this morning. The wind may blow and we may bend, but praise God, our roots are deep into the ground because we're rooted and grounded in the word of God. So, Father, take this word this morning and bring it to your church. Touch me, O God. Let your heart speak through my lips. Let our hearts be open to your word that you have given for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My message to you this morning from the Lord is this, the new wine. God has saved his best for last. Let me begin by saying this. Nothing man does is perfect. Let that resonate. We leave things out. We are limited. We come up short. That's why God spoke to Moses in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, and verse 23, and he said these words. And the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? It's a question. Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. In the easy translation, it says this. God answered Moses, so do you think I can't take care of you? Should have said amen. Amen. So do you think I can't take care of you? You'll see soon enough whether what I say happens for you or not. Either God's word is true or he's lying to us. Either Jesus rose from the dead or we're just worshiping for nothing. But we know better. We know that his word heals. We know that his word gives hope. In John chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. The third day. What does it mean, the third day? It refers to the time that Jesus left the Jordan to begin his ministry, when John baptized him. Three days later, he was invited to a wedding. Isn't it remarkable that someone would invite Jesus to a wedding? He must have been popular. People knew him. He was the carpenter's son. Praise God. And they say, hey, Jesus, why don't you come with, your mom, with Mary and, and, and your family and so on. So praise the Lord. But Jesus honored marriage. That's the message here. He came to a wedding, so he honored marriage and its sanctity because marriage is directly related to how Jesus loves the church. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loves the church. That's what the word says. Successful marriages are a result of having Jesus as the foundation of its relationship. Any relationship, any friendship that has Jesus as the foundation will weather any storm. Praise God. So in John chapter 2, verse 2, it's interesting. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Wow. Okay, boys, we're going to a wedding. Imagine that. A group of guys going to a wedding. Praise the Lord with Jesus. And when the wine ran out, it's an important words here. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Hmm. 
What does it mean? They have no wine. Something is missing. Something is missing. Listen carefully. The past, your past, our past, our patterns, and our present position sometimes causes people to have lack in their lives. We return to yesteryear sometimes. And we go to doubt and unbelief thinking, oh, God can't do it. But if you look at the resume of God in your life, he's brought you through. And that's why you're sitting here this morning, because you have faith, because he's brought you from past patterns and praise God. And your present position is this. Hallelujah. We sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's our heavenly position. Something is missing. Sometimes as a result of being born from sinful parents. That's why we need to be born again. I ask myself this question. Why do people engage in addictions? To cope. To forget. Because something's missing. They try to fulfill the gap concerning the past. Because something's missing. But that's what Jesus did for us. He put that missing piece into our lives. Hallelujah. They have no wine. What did it mean? It means they have a need. You know, sometimes we have to run out. Sometimes we just have to run out. We just have to run out. Listen carefully. Even when we do all we can, it still isn't enough as human beings. Hallelujah. Leave out the master who is Jesus and you leave out perfection. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying nothing man does is perfect. But when we leave Jesus out, what we're doing is we're leaving out perfection. And we cannot do that because he's perfect. Praise God. He is perfection that you need in order that you don't come up short. Praise the Lord. Jesus can supply every need, especially when there's a sufficiency. Praise God. Excuse me. An insufficiency. Calling upon Jesus is the real mandate from God. That's the real mandate from God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. That's the word. Either we're going to believe it or we're not going to believe it. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 8 says this, Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, don't destroy it, for there's a blessing in it. So I will do for my servants' sake, that's you, and not destroy them all. I will bring forth the offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. In the YLT version, it says this, Thus said Jehovah, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one hath said, Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. For a blessing is in it. So I do for my servant's sake not to destroy the whole. You are the blessing, praise God, that God is speaking of here about the cluster. Hallelujah. You, praise God, have the new wine. You are the remnant. You are the called out. You are the chosen. You are the peculiar people. You are the anointed of God. Praise God. You have received the bread that's come down from heaven. You have received the light of the world. And the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Either we believe that or we don't believe that. Just as the new wine or sweet juice in the cluster is valued and preserved for use, so will you. 
So will you. Let me read that again. Just as the new wine or sweet juice in the cluster is valued and preserved for use, so God will preserve a remnant to be blessed in the eternal kingdom of Jesus. Praise God. The juice of grapes being called wine while still in the cluster shows that all wine referred to was not necessarily fermented or intoxicating. Hallelujah. The new wine is the best. God sent his best, Jesus Christ, the seed out of Jacob, to redeem mankind and preserve a remnant, praise God, to be blessed in the eternal city. God gave the world his best. God gave the world his first fruits, his son, for mankind's redemption. Jesus Christ was the first fruits of the dead. He gave his best. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. Why? That we might have eternal life. We should follow the example of Christ and give God our best because he demands it. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says these words. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall their bonds be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My friend, God will give you his best as recorded in Romans 8.22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Here's what God is saying. I want to bless you physically. I want to bless you spiritually. I want to bless you emotionally. I want to bless you financially. I want to bless you so. When you run out, I want to come and bless you. When there's an insufficiency, I want to give you what you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about how God sent his son into this world. Hallelujah. To redeem us. Hallelujah. From our sins and from the curse of the earth. God has his hand upon you. And God has his mark upon you. So many are shipwrecked. So many are throwing their hands up in despair. So many are giving up. And we are forgetting the stories in the Bible. How the Red Sea opened. How they went over. Man, their backs were against the wall. Hallelujah. They had the Egyptian army to their back. Mountains to their side. And a Red Sea in front of them with no boat or canoe or ship. But praise God. The Lord told Moses, raise your rod, son. Raise your rod. My God, it's time to raise the rod. It's time to raise the rod that God has put in your hand. We're walking around decrepit like it's the end of the world. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. I said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Praise the Lord. John 2 and 4, Jesus said to her, because Mary said, hey, they, they ran out of wine. And he said, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He addressed her as woman. Not to elevate her. Praise God. He told her his time for working a miracle is not fully come. Now this is spiritually meaning here, meaningful. All we do as Christians must be inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I believe in this verse there's a further spiritual lesson. Perhaps Jesus meant to say this or imply this. He's probably saying, and I believe this, until the exhausted supply, not a drop, was so fully realized by everyone that there was no doubt a miracle would take place. 
He did the same thing with Lazarus. He could have waited. He could have spoke from a distance. He could have said, be healed. He could have said, come out of that tomb, Lazarus. He could have done that. He spoke the word numerous times in, in the New Testament, not even having to go to the person to heal them, but he spoke the word. The centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house. His servant was sick, and he spoke from a distance. And when he went home, he asked us, when did he revive and be healed? The same moment that Jesus said that he would be healed, go home. Go home. Jairus came to him in Mark chapter 5. The lady with the issue of blood for, for years and years and years sought out doctors. And none, she was none the better. Gave up all of her money. But one day King Jesus spoke to her heart and said, go down to Hallelujah Square. There's a tent revival down there. And Jesus is preaching. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you just touch the heaven of God, woman, praise God, you'll be healed by the power of God. Oh, I want to tell you something. She went down to Hallelujah Square and she went down to the tent revival and she said, praise God, I'm a lady with the issue of blood. Hallelujah. And she started pushing and pressing and pushing and pressing and pushing and pressing. Praise God. Hallelujah. And she reached out and hallelujah. She touched the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. And by that moment, the virtue of Jesus came out of him and she was healed by the power of God. I believe she turned around and she said, I used to be the lady with the issue of blood, excuse me. I used to be the lady with the issue of blood, excuse me. But at that time, before that miracle took place, listen here, Jairus came and he said, my daughter is at the point of death. Why would someone interrupt a man whose daughter is dying and this lady interrupts because she has to get healed? Because it was her moment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I said, because it was her moment. And it was the moment for Jesus to allow the virtue from his body to flow out of him into her. Jairus. They came and said, don't bother the master. Your daughter's dead. Jesus turned around to Jairus and he said in one translation, pay no attention to what you just heard. Pay no attention to what you just heard. You see, he was telling Jairus, did I not tell you that I would go home with you? Did I not tell you that? That's what he was saying to Jairus. I know this lady's interrupted, but this is her time. And you'll have your time. And you'll have your time. Sometimes things don't make sense to you, but you'll have your time. And Jesus went home. And that girl was dead. She was cold as a cucumber. And outside the minstrels were crying out, Oh, she's dead. Oh, she's dead. Oh, shut up. And that's what people are saying. Oh, you're Christians. You're dead. They got you. They put you up against the wall. Yeah, you think so. And Jesus threw them all out. He took Peter, James, and John and went into the back room with the parents. And he said, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. I want to tell you something. The spirit that left her body in death, walking down the corridors of time, heard the voice of Jesus and turned around and did a 360 and started walking back into the body of Jesus Christ. And that little damsel, praise God, rose from the dead and she was healed by the power of God. When are we really going to believe the word? When? When? Perhaps Jesus was saying, hey, you got to get exhausted. 
He did the same with Lazarus and waited a number of days so people could not refute the miracle performed. He stinketh. He's been in the grave four days. Wow. <laughs> Don't matter to Jesus. You see what Jesus is doing right now? He's waiting for us to exhaust so that he can take over. You got to quit driving. You got to quit being the pilot. You got to quit being wanting in control. Pushing buttons. Like you're in a control room. Like you're controlling the planets last night. Oh my God. Jesus is controlling the planets last night. None of them collided. Let me, let, tell me, let you know that. None of the planets collided last night. Praise God. Listen to me. Praise the Lord. What God is saying is this. He's waiting for our cup and he's waiting for our vessel to be empty so he can fill them. He's waiting for your cup. He wants to overflow your cup. Like he said in Psalm 23, David said, my cup overfloweth. Hallelujah. When all natural hope is gone, he steps in. When all hope, natural hope is gone, he steps in. You listen, man tries to figure it out with his carnal and soulish solutions. Well, how am I going to figure this one out? What am I going to do now? What's the next move? Oh, my God, get on our knees before God and let's cry out to God in prayer and fasting and say, God, what is your next move? And God, what are you going to do? It's not what I'm going to do. It's what God's going to do. See, what I'm going to do is going to fail because guess what? Hallelujah. I don't have the mind of Christ until I seek his face. All our plans, listen carefully, will pass over the details that Jesus can fulfill. I want you to get that one. I said all of our plans will pass over the details that Jesus wants to fulfill. They ran out. Yeah, they ran out for a purpose. Because in John 2 and 5, his mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. You know, in order to obey that, you have to walk with the king. See, I walk in two worlds, and I give God the glory. I walk in the natural world and the physical world, but I'm always walking in the spiritual world, and I'm always listening to the voice of God. God, what are you saying? I learned that from my pastor. He drove his wife crazy. He had a little lamp above his bed, and he had a pad and a pen all the time. And he would say, there goes the light, and he's writing. Light goes off. Go back to bed, Mary. There goes the light. Light goes on. Light goes off. There goes the light. And what did he do? What Pastor Jim did was, he wrote down what the Lord was saying. He sought God. Listen, when you went to church, you were expecting to hear a word from the Lord. You expected something from the man of God because the man of God paid the price. I know he paid the price because I stood with him. I was with him many times praying to God. Praise the Lord. We went up to this place called the mountain to pray. He was up there all the time. He was praying, seeking God, fasting, and so on and so forth. Why? Because he wanted to bring the message to the church. And you sat on the edge of your seat wondering. There's no one that could tell a Bible story in the Old Testament like the pastor. He had kids on the edge of their seat because he just knew how to tell them the stories of the Old Testament. He always believed preaching was this, telling the stories of the Old Testament and bragging on Jesus. And that's exactly what we try to do here. Praise God. The Bible says, hallelujah, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's to him that we pray. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 5. So Jesus says this in John 2, 6. This is interesting. And there was set... There are six water pots of stone, 
after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Now, most people read over that and say, well, I have no idea what that means. I want to tell you. Because I know you've read it. And I know you don't even know what it means. Here's what it means. Jesus made use of the water pots used by the Jews for washing their hands. You see, those water pots, they wash their hands in. And you know what was in those water pots? Before and after meals, the Jews washed. Before and after meals. You know, got a little crumbs, a little bit of germs, a little bit of bagel left, a little bit of locks, a little bit of fish on my hands. I, I, I sweated, you know, I, I might have put my hand in my ears and so on and so forth. And now I'm washing in those water pots and those, those stones. Listen, listen very carefully. This was done for, for various ceremonial washings. And these water pots were, were, were dirt, particles, and germs. And a firkin. What was a firkin? It was, a firkin was nine gallons. Nine gallons. Listen carefully. And so three firkins equaled 27 gallons times six water pots, which is 162 gallons. 162 gallons of dirty water. Filthy, germs, particles. Who knows? Somebody blew their nose. Who knows? No idea. It wasn't clean. What was Jesus trying to say here? He was saying what? Look what he said in verse 7 and 8. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. Come on, stir all that stuff up on the bottom. Stir it all up. Get it all mixed good. And they filled them up to the brim, up to the top. Okay. They must be saying, the disciples must be saying, I have no clue what this man's doing. This is crazy. This is crazy stuff. This is, this is really crazy. We know he's the son of God. We just know that. But we have no idea what he's doing. Praise the Lord. You know, he got baptized in the Jordan River three days ago, and uh, maybe some water got in his ears or something. We have no idea what he's doing, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to what happens. And they filled them to the brim, and he said unto them, here's, a, a, here's a, a good clue for us right now. Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it out. You know, sometimes, hallelujah, Jesus says to go to the water pot. He says to go to the river, hallelujah, of living water. And he says, draw out, praise God. Draw out what you need, hallelujah. Draw it out now. Draw it out now by faith. Even if you can't see it, draw it out. Jesus did something between verses 7 and 8 in, that, in John 2. With particles on the bottom mixing with the water, which now looked cloudy and dirty, was a reminder of our sins and our filthiness before salvation. Jesus always gave symbolic examples. You know what that represents, folks? Your sins. He's at a wedding. Those weddings were everybody in the town came. People came from all over. It was packed. People came from far and near. And what he was trying to say was this. We are those water pots, praise God, who used to be filled to the brim with sin, but now desiring of God, we want to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit to the overflowing, praise God. That's why Jesus said in John 20 and verse 21, then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it was fulfilled. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, hallelujah, praise God, there came a sound from heaven 
heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Let the tongues of fire fall on the church. Let the tongues of fire burn out all the dross. Let the tongues of fire, praise God, melt all the junk and particles and dirt in our life that we can be a glorious church. Draw out now. You see, a lot of people want to draw out and they want to see it immediately. It doesn't always happen that way. These men and women in the upper room, 120, had to wait for a season for the Holy Spirit to come. Yeah, Jesus breathed on them before he died on the cross in John chapter 20. But they had to wait. And American Christianity doesn't like to wait. We get rambunctious. We get impulsive. And that's when we take over. That's when we mess up. Because we think we have the solution. No, you don't. No, I don't. And we fall flat on our face. Draw out now was the cry and the command of Jesus, which is the same command he gives us today to draw out, praise God, from the river of God and use our talents and use our abilities that he's given us to further the kingdom of God. Don't bury your talents, praise God, because you'll lose them. He's telling us what this morning? To draw out our faith, to draw out hope, to draw out expectation, to draw out healing, to draw out surplus, to draw out, praise God, according to Ephesians 3.20. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, I've been on I've been on this trail for 48 years. I've been left for dead, thrown out on the doorstep. You ask my wife. I was sitting and laying in my bed in Norton, Virginia as a school psychologist. And in the middle of the night, my wife happened to be with me. I, we had two places. I had an apartment in Ranford and a, a, a boarding house I lived in in Norton, Virginia. I was a school psychologist in coal mining town. And in the middle of the night, the Lord spoke his words to me. He said, you've encompassed this mountain long enough. Turn your northward. I said, that's the book of Deuteronomy. I looked it up. I said, okay, northward. That's going to Blacksburg. God's got something for me to do there. I, I turned to my wife and I said, honey, I'm resigning as a psychologist. You know what that meant? No money. I was making big money then down in Southwest Virginia all those years ago. Obedient wife, loved me because I could make decisions in the Lord that she trusted, proved to her that I could do that. And she was right with me. And we went due north to Blacksburg, Virginia and helped the pastor build a church for nine months. You've heard me tell the story over and over. I lived by faith. My wife and I lived by faith. Praise God. I went to the church site every day to help my pastor build a church. Hallelujah. 
All he did was buy lunch for me every day, and I thank God. But that was my job. Hallelujah. That was my job. I went there. I didn't get paid. He didn't give me no paycheck. He didn't give me no money. Praise God. A good pat on the back once in a while. He didn't give a whole lot of praise sometimes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I laid, we laid my men, and I laid 150 uh, uh, feet of concrete, a sidewalk, in a blazing hot sun in Virginia, 95 degrees. And I went up to the hospital one day, and I said, Pastor Jim, we got that concrete done. And he said, that's all you did? <laughs> And knowing that he was the man of God, I never would disrespect him. I said, sir, we'll do better. I knew better. Touch not my anointing, do my proper standard. That's right. I might have disagreed with him, but I didn't disrespect him. Just what he did? I said, Pastor, we'll do better. That was it. What are you saying? I'm saying this. Sometimes... You have to draw out without seeing. You have to draw out by faith. The Bible says in John 2 and 9, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. This, these are big people here. <laughs> these are important folks here. And said unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine unto now. Listen, my friend, he's kept the good wine unto now. And you, praise God, got the new wine in you. And he's kept you for now. Hallelujah. You weren't born, praise God, a hundred years ago. You were born for this hour. You were born for this moment that the new wine, hallelujah, hallelujah, would be poured out upon you and in your soul, in your spirit, and in your body. What is he saying? When your belly is full, you can't tell what's good and not good. You know. When a man is drunk, he's confused. God offers the new wine to clear people's heads and put an end to their confusion. There's a lot of people walking around like chickens without a head. They're walking in confusion. You know what? You need a drink of the new wine. Praise God. You need a dip in the river. Hallelujah. You need a lot of praise God. A big bucket to draw out some water from the river of life. What's God saying here? Praise God. He's saying what the Lord was trying to reveal was that Judaism and the ceremonial washings was nothing but a stone jug without water. That's what it meant. People are wasting your time. And there's a lot of people wasting their time today. We've got too many woke pastors. They need to be awakened. They're scared to death to preach the truth. They're afraid to preach the truth. They'd rather be mandated. But I want to tell you something. Just like God spoke to Elijah, he thought he was the only one. He said, I got 7,000 more like your son. Don't even worry about it. He said the same thing to the man of God in the book of Acts. He said, I've got many in this city. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you what God's doing. He's networking. Praise God in the last day. You might live in another state, another town, in another country, but God is networking. We're in touch with people from different places and different parts. Praise God. Why? Because God has a remnant church, and those people are drawing out of the river. Praise God. And those people, praise God, have exhausted themselves in their own efforts, and they have run out. Praise God. And their insufficiency is not making it. Praise God. But we know this, that we can draw from that river and have sufficiency, praise God, for our homes and for our families in the name of Jesus Christ. What was God saying? This Judaism, all this stuff that they were believing was empty. It was empty of life, empty of spirit, empty of love. It was just a religious spirit. 
We have too many preachers with a religious spirit getting behind God's pulpit, tickling in the, the ears of people. And when someone comes along and preaches the truth, they want to call him a heretic, want to lock him up, put him in jail because they say he's crazy. You know, they did that to Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas. They did that to the men of God. Didn't stop them. You can kill one, but ten will follow. One. I say you can kill one, but ten will follow. You can burn down the churches. You can burn down people's homes in foreign countries like in Mozambique and different places in China. But I want to tell you something. The underground church is growing. Hallelujah. Exponentially. Why? Because people love God and they're drawing out of the river. And they've given up their life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. They no sacrifice. American Christianity doesn't no sacrifice. All we know is pleasure. Immediate pleasure. Instead of looking at the long term consequences, results. We want everything now. Listen, God is separating. I'm telling you, folks, he's separating. God has spoken prophetically in the body of Christ. He's separating the true from the false. He's separating those that want to do Matthew 6.33. Listen, there's nothing more important. I don't care. There's not a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a friend, a job. Nothing's more important than seeking the kingdom of God first. That's the, that's the key right there. But people don't want to do that. People are saying, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, you go ahead and do that and you will fall flat on your face because what you're doing is drawing from yourself and not drawing from God. Our best thinking gets us where we are. And I tell people all the time, hey, how you doing? Your best thinking got you where you are. Tell me, how you doing? And you want to criticize me because you say, I'm a happy, freaky Christian. Praise God. I want to stay a happy, freaky Christian. Hallelujah. Because I got the new wine. Hallelujah. Because God saved me 48 years ago. And hallelujah. He could be my soul. So you can say what you want about me. But how about you doing? How are you doing? Look at you. You're decrepit. You're sad. You're disquieted. You're discouraged. You've given up. You don't even go to church anymore. A lot of people, they stay at home and watching Jimmy Swagger or somebody. Joel Osteen, you're okay, I'm okay. My, my, my. Praise the Lord. Instead of getting into a Holy Ghost meeting, hallelujah. I said a Holy Ghost meeting when the power of God falls and the preacher has some life. So sick and tired of organized religion. So sick and tired of programs. So sick and tired of this and that. My God, I want to hear a word from a man of God. I want to hear a word from a woman of God. I want to hear a prophetic utterance, praise God. That's our point. That God is inspired. Everybody's prophesying. Go on YouTube. Everybody's prophesying. Just say the Lord. And then when it doesn't come to pass, they say, don't be so hard on the prophets. Mm. What? Don't be so hard on them. If you're saying it's thus saith the Lord, it's supposed to be thus saith the Lord. Yeah, that's right. Don't back up now and try to put an addendum to it. Either God spoke to you or you missed it. Right. And it takes a big person to say, I missed it. That's right. Oh, no. They'll prophesy again for another hour. I've never seen people prophesy for an hour. It's just unbelievable. Listen, I've been in church services. That's my wife. I've seen the prophetic move of God. <laughs> praise the Lord. I've seen the power of God fall. Like, praise God. I, I have never seen someone prophesy for an entire hour. I feel really minimal when I see that. Because I wonder where are they sitting? On the lap of Jesus and I'm just sitting by his side? 
Come on now. And people just gobble all that up. But we have a sure more word of prophecy, and that's the word of God. Hear me. I said we have a sure more word of prophecy, and that's the word of God. Hallelujah. Think of what God is saying here this morning. He's saying this. In the last day in John 7, 37, he's saying when the Lord had the jugs filled, he was trying to give people a message found in John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus was saying this. There's no life in ceremony. No life and tradition, formalism, program, and any method that's outside of God. So sick of programs. This, let's try this. See if the, let, let, let's throw some paint on the wall and see if the Mona Lisa appears. I've been around too long not to see that nonsense. Not to recognize it. Just another way to keep people. You keep people by giving the word of God. And those that want to be kept, my friend, they'll be kept by God's word. Those that don't want to be kept will go out the door. Yeah. Pastor always said this, the anointing of God will either draw you or drive you out. I want to get drawn by God. Hallelujah. I don't want God driving me out. Praise the Lord. What's God saying to us this morning? Listen carefully. He was saying this. Jesus could fill empty lives with the Holy Spirit. Jesus could overflow their cups. Jesus could refresh them with a heavenly drink from God's river. The Lord is saying today, he's tired of dead, dried up preachers. He's tired of dead, dried up churches. He's tired of dead, dried up, starchy church members. He's tired of programs of man. He's tired of methods and gimmicks to sell the glorious gospel. Now he wants to do a work in this world, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the pouring out of the new wine, and he will get credit for that and not man. We've made our father's house a den of thieves. People are trying to capitalize on what's going on in society. Well, buy this video. Buy this set of tapes for $149. It'll change your life. Ooh. Do this, do that. Well, wait, wait a minute. You're selling this, selling that? You're trying to make a profit here? And then you have like... Uh, it's three hours left for the sale. Wow. Three, three hours left. <laughs> I, thank God there's not three hours left here. Wow. Hallelujah. Thank God, praise the Lord, this is not for sale. Hallelujah. It's a free gift that God wants to give his church. Praise the Lord. But, but hurry now. And then when it doesn't sell tomorrow, we got 50% 50, 50 off. And the people that you messed with yesterday that paid full price, now today it's 50% off. Listen, I know this stuff. Been around too long. <clears throat> Irritates me. Because it's gimmicks. I'd rather sit at the feet of a man of God that when he speaks, what resonates from his heart is from heaven. And you could tell, man. You could tell. You could discern the anointing. You could discern when someone knows God and they've been with God and they're giving you the words, praise God, that Jesus desires for us to have. Hallelujah. Isaiah 28 and 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. People don't want to hear God's word. They don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit. Oh, you went down there to that church? Ooh, they speak in tongues there. Ooh, 
Oh, wow. Leprosy. Stay away from us. They praise God. They clap their hands. They dance in the spirit. They get all excited. Oh, my. Praise the Lord. Don't you get excited when you eat spaghetti and meatballs and garlic bread and then having a piece of cheesecake with cherries on top? Don't you go, oh, I can't wait to eat? But come to church and we're like dead. Someone says amen there. Ushers come down and pick them up. His feet dangle in the air and put them out the door. People in churches wear badges. Only they could pray for someone. Only they can do this. Wait. I thought we all had the spirit of God. I thought we all had this power of God within us. What are we talking about here? The designated people. No. Either you have it or you don't have it. It's simple. Either your cup is full or it's not full. Either you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. Either your name's written in the Lamb's book of life or it's not. Praise God. Hallelujah. People, people don't want to hear God's word. They want to hold on to their ceremony, tradition, programs, attitudes, prior teachings. Well, we never learned it that way. We'll learn something new. New learning can take place. New learning takes the place of old learning. I used to be a psychologist. Get some new learning. Well, I don't know about that. You don't know about that? Go ask your deacon who's dead. He'll give you the answer. It'll be a dead one. People are scared to death of God. They're scared to death to embrace God. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to the word. Shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to pour it out. I don't need no trickle. I don't need no broken faucet that's only trickling here. You know how that is? Uh, it drives you crazy at night. The bathroom faucet's leaking. It'll drip, drip, drip. Listen, if you're going to drip, let's go full force here. I don't want to hear no drip. Let it go full force. People just want to drip. A fever and a chill. Christian malaria. That's what it is. It's a fever and a chill. Give me a little drip. Tickle my fancy here. Let me see what you got, preacher. See if you can move me. <laughs> See if I can move you? That's not my job. It's not my job to move nobody. It's my job to hear from heaven and hear the voice of God week after week and say, God, is this what you want? And when I get that okay from heaven and that's the mandate that I go by, praise God, because he's above the governor, above the president, praise God, hallelujah. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he is the commander in chief. You know who's going to be riding on that white horse when we go down into that valley? Ain't going to be Biden. Ain't going to be Holtzel. Ain't going to be de Blasio. Oh, no. It's going to be Jesus. He's faithful and true. Hallelujah. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And he's the leader that we go by. Hallelujah. His word is what we go by. Old Testament prophecy about what was going to happen in the New Testament. Acts chapter 2, verse 15, Peter stood with the 11. That's what we have to do in the last day, friends, stand together. Yes. You hear me say it week after week? Yes. week after, I've been saying it for years and years and years. Yes. Stay together. God's testing who's going to be loyal. Who's going to show up? Who's going to show up? I was watching the Trump rally last night. 
probably not supposed to say that. Who cares? <laughs> and someone dressed up as General Patton. I don't know if anybody saw that last night. And there was a few curse words in there. But you know what? I think every Christian should listen to that. Because he literally was telling tell to the boys, tell them to the boys, we're going to win. We're going to kill them. We're going to come against them. The enemy's not going to defeat us. And I'm going to lead you to battle. General Patton, probably one of the greatest generals that ever lived. He was a tough dude. Tough as nails. Nothing moved him. Because he knew how to lead into battle. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's leading us into spiritual battle. The Bible says this. These people were, were, were moved by the Spirit of God. Listen, we, my, my wife and I, we, we did tent revivals, church revivals, all kinds of revivals. And there was times when people were so drunk in the Spirit that they had to be carried out to their car and put in the back seat of their car. Whole church is slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. Whole church is filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And Peter wanted to tell these people, you think these people are drunk on your wine? No, Peter said, these, for, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men dream dreams and all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out praise God in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy I want you to notice here God said I will pour out upon all flesh everybody's going to get something and not everybody's going to get the Holy Spirit because they don't want it he said I'll pour out upon all flesh Be careful what you get. You don't have to worry what you get if you're in him and you're walking with him. This is, this is, this is critical time. This is, this is crisis time. This is critical time. The enemy wants to back us up against the wall like the children of Israel at the Red Sea. It's time, my friend. Every time. Listen, it's time. The Bible says that in Revelation 19 and 10, and I fell at his feet to worship, praise God, and said, he saith, do it not. I am the fellow servant of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every time you tell someone of Jesus, you're prophesying. Every time I preach the word of God, I'm prophesying. That's why God came to a vision to Ezekiel in the book of Ezekiel. And he said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? You're asking me? You're God? Can these bones live, son? They're in the valley of dry bones, and it was very dry. Ezekiel said, Lord, you know, I don't. What did he say? He said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the four winds, to the east, to the west, to the north, and to the south. And he said, oh, come ye, four winds, praise God. And when we preach the word of God, hallelujah, we're prophesying to the four winds. When you testify for Jesus Christ, hallelujah, you're prophesying to the four winds. When you're praying on your knees before God and testifying of the love of God and the faithfulness of God, you're prophesying to the four winds. And God is going to put meat back on those bones. And God is going to raise those bones back up to life. And God is going to stand the church on its feet. And the church of God, hallelujah, the Christian church will be on fire for God because God, hallelujah, will resurrect us. Let me try to close here. It's just too much fun to preach. 
It's just too much fun to preach. <laughs> I just love Jesus. I want to tell you something. Every day I get out of bed and put my feet on the floor, I thank God for another day. I can be with my wife, my family, my kids, church. I can come here, seek him, talk to him, cry before him, sometimes moan and groan. You know what I'm talking about. Saying, God, I just don't understand. You're going to have to help me here. I'm just being flat honest with you. It's just like in the Psalms. Because you know what? They shared emotions. They shared emotion. Every time you testify about Jesus, you're prophesying. Every time we witness, praise God, you're prophesying. He has saved his best for last. And for those that desire the new wine, for those that desire the Holy Spirit, for those that desire a life in Christ, we will not be denied. God is getting us ready for what? For a wedding. There's a lot of preparation. You ask any woman who gets married. There's a lot of preparation. He's getting us ready for the wedding vows to be consummated at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But first, he's allowing us to get ready by pouring out his new wine and his Holy Spirit. He's not doing it in the way that people expect. Everyone is trying to say, this is how God's going to do it. As I say to my wife many times, it's not going to happen the way people think. God always has a new wrinkle. And then we stand in amazement and say, well, why didn't I think of that? Because you're not God. <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Because you're not him. But we can have the mind of Christ, praise God, and we can have the thoughts that he desires to give us. Because Revelation 22 and 17 says this, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. I want all I can get. Because the way I look at it, if I go to a smorgasbord, and I'm paying $14.95 to eat all I can get. You know me and you is going to go there with my son and we're in a clean house. Don't you remember when that restaurant used to be open down in King Rose? Country Buffet. Country Buffet. Come on. Steve. The boys. Oh, Steve. My Lord. Man brought a Wally. We brought wheelbarrows with us. They used plates just the just the trays. I never forget. We went to a wake one time in Newark. On the way home, two of my big guys were with me, and they said, "Well, let's get something to eat, Pastor." I said, "Yeah, sure." So, one of the things they wanted was wings, and the lady brought this little thing of wings, and Steve said. You got that big tray that you make those wings in? The big one. The metal one. And he said, just bring that out. I'm telling you the truth. The God's honest truth. And the three of us, there was not a wing to be left. I'm telling you, there's a lot of wings in those big steel trays. And I'll tell you, that's the way the Holy Spirit wants to pour out. He wants to pour out of his spirit. Praise God. He don't want to give you a little dish. He wants to give you the steel container. Praise God. And he wants to just put it. He said, just put it on the table. We did. We did. Let me close. I keep saying that. My friend, the Holy Spirit is real. 
John 16 and 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but listen carefully. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit is the great revealer of Christ to men and women and boys and girls. He's the power to witness, as recorded in Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, receive the new wine like you've never have received before. Because the scripture says in John 6, 28, they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he had sent. Jesus said in John 9 and 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. It's time. It's time, my friend, to get our families together, to get people in the ark of safety. The Bible says this in John 20, 19. Let us receive the best that we can because God wants to send us. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. When does Jesus come? When the doors are shut. He didn't open no door. He walked through the door. And he was afraid disciples. And yes, I know they were afraid. I would have been too. And the doors were shut. When all the doors shut, when all hope is gone. When there isn't even a trickle out of the faucet. And they're eating their hamburgers and their Big Macs and their Big Fry and their Coke thinking they're coming for us next and they're going to kill us like they did Jesus. Jesus walked right in that room, didn't open no door. He upbraided them for their hardness of heart as they were munching on their Big Macs. And said, I told you boys to meet me in Galilee for lunch and you didn't do it. But I'm here. Oh, Thomas, unless I see the nail prints and let... Oh, okay. Next, next time, Thomas, when you're here. The next time Thomas was there and Jesus said, come on. He said, my Lord and my God. This is what Jesus is trying to tell the church today. This is no joke. This is war. This is war. But it's a war that we win. Because in him there's victory. Listen to what the Lord says here. I'm going to read some scripture to you and I'm closing. The Bible says, And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they, they saw the Lord. And then Jesus said these words to them. Peace be unto you. As my Father had sent me, even so send I you. Listen, God isn't sending us out with a peace shooter and a water gun. He's sending us out fully furnished, furnished with the whole armor of God. Pouring out the new wine into our lives. We're not feeble Christians. We do not need a blood transfusion. Because there's royal blood flowing through our veins right now when Jesus Christ saved us. Hallelujah. And at the foot of the cross when you fell and bowed before God, he forgave your sins. The church is looking for a transfusion with a program. Some motivational speaker. I don't need no motivation. This is not an Amway meeting. That's right. No. I'm not buying soap or selling soap. I want someone to breathe life into me. Amen. Closing. Ephesians 3.16. And this is the prayer that Paul prayed for the church. 
for you and me. He said, thus, that he would grant you, that's you, put your name there, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Inner man. This is just a box. This is a box. This is where God talks to you. This is where God talks to you in your inner man. This is where the spirit is going this morning. This is where the word is going this morning in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to fill your cup to overflowing. He wants to make up for every insufficiency in your life. And praise God, those that are thirsty will get the biggest drink of water in the last day. And God will give you a cup of new wine. Let us say. You know, there's going to come a day when I'm going to be preaching for three hours. We'll still be here. Bring lunch. Father, you're just amazing. Sometimes I say, I don't know how you do it, but I know how you do it. Each week you come, you visit with us, and you give us the words of the hour. Not my doing, but Lord, just the illumination of the mind by the word, by the washing of the water, of the word of God. And Lord, you give us the boldness and the courage to speak that word to people who need a word from the Lord. We need hope, and you gave us hope this morning. And I know, Lord, when people walk out the doors of this church, the enemy is going to jump on their back and say, well, yeah, everything is still the same. Okay. If you want to believe that, that's fine. But everything is not the same. Because praise God, I came to get a drink of water this morning. And my cup is overflowing. Hallelujah. And I have the fullness of God according to the word of God by faith. So Lord, I pray that you would send us forth as Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. That we will be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. That God, we would not turn to the left or to the right. But God, that we would stay, praise Lord, going forward. Hallelujah. And Lord, looking for the signs. Hallelujah. That you will give us. Hallelujah. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet, Lord. And praise God, that lamp is burning tonight. It's a fire in our soul. Hallelujah. It's an anointing upon our lives, oh God. For you have called us out as a remnant church, as a remnant believer. And all throughout this world, there's millions of us, oh hallelujah, that are networking in prayer. There's people praying for us that we don't even know. And we're praying for others that they don't even know we're praying. But thank God there's a church. And thank God it's rising up. And thank God it's a marching army. And thank God it's commander-in-chief is the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Bless your people. Who hear this word, who see this word, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and thank you for listening this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord.